You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. With regards to the three certainties in life, there has been much debate. But the two that all have agreed upon are death and taxes. With regards to Brad Tree Living, we can now say with utmost clarity what the three certainties are. An obsession for acquiring too many defensemen. A lifelong loyalty to Boston Pizza. And an undying, unwavering, never-ending love for Michael Stone. I'd like to take a moment now and read you a letter that was found in Michael Stone's dressing room stall at the end of last season. Dear Michael, you make me smile. You make me feel special. And you make me understand what hockey is all about. I never knew that one person could make such a difference. I never knew one person could make me feel so complete. I owe my happiness to you, Michael. This is not goodbye. Not yet. Forever yours, Bradley. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. T-minus two hours, 20 minutes till training camp commence. Pumped? I don't know if I'm more pumped about camp starting or the fact that I could possibly own a Michael Stone 26 Blasty jersey this year. Okay, well, let's get right into it. Which one I'm more stoked about? Breaking news. Breaking air quotes. Michael Stone signed to a PTO. (laughs) I mean, we knew it was going to happen, right? Well, that's the thing. As much as we joke about it, in all seriousness, the love affair is real, folks. It really is. It's the it's the tale as old as time. It's the it's a it's the greatest love story ever told. I guess I guess really, there's there's two constants. Corey Perry will forever remain a thorn in our side. Watch somehow when he retires, he's still going to be find a way to whatever, be a part of some, we're going to probably he'll join the Edmonton Oilers in some fashion where we just can't get rid of him ever. Like he's like, what would it be like a wart? That a wart. Was? Yeah. And that, and Michael Stone as well. I mean, probably he's in, is he not in line for honestly, when Michael Stone retires, he's going to immediately leapfrog over Craig Conroy, Conroy for the Carrier Flames next assistant general manager. Forever Flame, the, 26 will be in the rafters. Under the wing of Brad Living forever. Brad the Living's. Only, the, at this point, the only way we'll ever see or be able to wave goodbye to Michael Stone permanently is if Brad Living is no longer the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Am I, mean, I right or am I, mean, I right? You're pretty right, right? As as much as we joke about it, there's something weird going on. I just I know everybody's like, oh, he's the perfect taxi squad guy. Why is everyone freaking out? It's just I don't get it. <laughs> what the what is his obsession with this guy? It'd be one thing if he was decent, but he sucks. I don't understand. So like, where where do people get this notion that if you suck, you're perfect for the taxi squad? Like yeah, I just, it's just it, oh it, he's. It's, is that all? Is that the 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 measurement of like is this, is this where the bar is set now? You just have to suck and you're perfect. 
for a taxi squad? I know everyone's like the thing I keep saying, Oh, he's perfect taxi squad guy. Cause he's familiar with the team. He's a, it's like, this is the bar we're setting for, <laughs> for our club here. It's just like, Oh, you're around. Let's take you. It's like, <laughs> he's terrible. He's always been terrible. There's no reason they should have signed him when they did last year. There's no reason they should have signed him when they did the first time. <laughs> it's just, I don't, it's like, it's, they keep going to this. Well, this well is goddamn dry Bradley. Jesus. Stop. It's beyond dry. It's like it's a mirage in the desert. It's so dry. You're in the desert and you're seeing mirages in front of you that aren't even real. You're hallucinating. Unless Bradley. this is just like a 3D chess move. You know how Brad always it's it's chess, not checkers, right? Maybe this is just we're, maybe we're still in the Michael Stone running. Maybe he's just holding out hope. Maybe this is a long. Maybe Brad Trilliving is playing the long game here. Yeah, it's got, it has something to do with the expansion it's draft. Got right? to do, it's got to have something to do with Mark Stone finally coming to Calgary. It's got to have some something to do with Mark Stone. Maybe he's still hopeful he can trade for Mark Stone. <laughs> There's no other explanation for it, unless it's nefarious. Bottom line, okay, I know some people like his game. I mean, sure, there's some plus side, his physicality, but his physicality doesn't make up for his blunder, blunderness in the, in the defensive end. <laughs> Is that even a word? Blunderness? I think you sure. get my point. Yeah. Does he have a great shot? Yeah, but I mean, he gets three shots a season. So, you know, even if he's even if he's at a fifty percent, you know, shooting percentage, he's going to get one and a half goals a season. So, you do the math. <laughs> totally below replacement. That's my biggest. Oh, thing, he's like, terrible. There's no upside. That's what I don't get. Well, that's the thing, and it's just like you could go out and get any below replacement defenseman i guess right. sure he knows the team the guys must like him obviously brad likes him I somebody likes him a lot I, like is I he think, like what's going I, on here i think brad like likes him like there's seriously some like somebody really likes this guy i i know i know whoever's d partner is hates him because they have to play with him but brody's out of town so he doesn't have to deal with it. oliver got- shillington is probably like jesus christ what yeah. do i have to do to make this team and they're inviting mike stone to pto and it's funny everybody's saying taxi taxi i don't know like i wouldn't even be surprised with the way jeff ward rolls the way brad tree living rolls that you know four weeks into the season michael stone isn't placed above oliver shillington in the pecking order dude like how many games did he play last year well, he was he he was ranked higher. He was what he was the I seventh he played, defenseman. Yeah, he was seven defenseman. And Shillington was the eighth going into the playoffs last season. Yeah, so. he played thirty three games last year. All right, enough hate on Michael Stone, even though it makes for some entertaining content. Never we'll, enough hate. We'll move on. The other biggest breaking news, air quotes, breaking news is Hamannick is getting a PTO in Vancouver. I'm I'm predicting he'll sign. He'll sign there probably, right? Yeah, they they need defensemen. Yeah, I don't know for how much. It's funny though because this just comes back to Brad Trulung's management at the deadline. Um, Because weren't some people like I I feel like going into the last season before the whole COVID thing, before his injury and whatnot, that there was anticipation that we were going to resign this guy or we ought to resign this guy. And probably for around three, between three and 4 million. Now things have changed and he's probably not going to sign for what, any more than 1.5. Well, I mean, he's on a PTO. He'll lucky to get that. Right. Exactly. Well, if you listen to Eric Francis, the flames are going to sign him to a long-term deal, right? Long to lock him up back in, back in, back in November. But right after they traded Johnny Gaudreau, so oh yeah, I forgot about that. Because Brad's still waiting to do that. Yeah. Probably Eric Francis is going to go out and, and predict that Brad Trilling is going to expose Johnny Gaudreau in the expansion draft. Just no, so it'll he, be here's just, why the Flame should expose Johnny Gaudreau in the expansion draft. Yeah, eight reasons why. Yeah, <laughs> by Eric Francis. Oh. But I mean, nit, for the nitwit of Calgary. I mean, for Calgary's own nitwit. We got he's, our own nitwit, folks. He's beyond a nitwit. He's a village idiot. And he's beyond a village idiot at this point. But, I mean, for Hamannick, like, honestly, like, I still wouldn't be opposed to the Flames if they had decided to bring him back on, like, a PTO-level type deal. I still think he's a decent bottom-pairing guy. But, obviously, something – there probably was a bit of falling out or something towards the end there. Like, he wasn't coming back. Well, I don't, I don't, I doubt there was a falling out because I, no. I, I just feel like not like I mean there's bad blood, but I mean it was okay. probably writing was on the wall that like yeah we're not bringing you back yeah, there, it, bud. It just kind of seemed that it makes sense for 
both the organization and the player <laughs> yeah, exactly. to move on. Not that, yeah, not that it's bad blood. Yeah. I mean, both Brad True Living and Travis Hamannick are way too respectable human beings to, to create a situation like that. But, yeah. but my question to you is, um, who would you rather have going into the season – Tanev or Hamnick? Oh, I would rather have Han- I would rather have on based on their salary, what they're making, what they're going to make, what their contract status is. I would rather have Travis Hamnick on what he's going to get than Chris Tanev on what he has. Okay, and if and if salary was not part of the equation, if salary was null, it would probably I'd probably choose Tanev just because he's slightly better. Def- well, he wasn't last year, but over the past three years, has been a better defender. But I mean. I'll take Travis Hamannick on a one-year, one-point, whatever million-dollar deal, ten times out of ten over Chris Tanev at four, four and a half by four. Like they're not that far off in their prime. Definitely, Tanev is a far superior defender in his own zone. But I mean, they're really that much, not much different. Their performance last year, so yeah. Ugh. The uh, the Canucks, man, to me, they're probably they're probably the most intriguing storyline for me in the in the Canadian division is just to see how this team moves on with all the off season changes, there's, there's been a lot. Well, there's been team. a lot and a lot of like, has, has, has a team lost any significant, like that much, many significant pieces in an off season in recent memory. Like the only one I can think of is like, okay, the, the Islanders lo- losing John Tavares, like probably the blue jackets last season. That's right. I forgot about that. But other than that, it's just like, they lost so many key pieces. It is going to be weird. And it's funny because right. Going into if you're looking at last offseason for the Canucks, all they're making signing all these big name signings, right? And you were the first person, right, to call it out and be like, what is Benning doing? He's going to be in trouble. Yeah. And he still hasn't even signed um, Pedersen and whoever else. Quinn Hughes. Hughes was it? No, oh yeah. Did he take care of Besser in the offseason? I think he did. No, right? he, uh, he got still, him on a he got him on a bridge deal. So he's got but, him on a bridge. He's bought him long term, bit more time, but he's still like. It's not like losing Markstrom, even though everybody said he's going to have to lose one of the three, Markstrom, Hughes, or Pedersen. Obviously, yeah. if you have to choose between three, you have to go with Markstrom anyways. But um, it's, the dominoes are already starting to fall one season later. Um, you totally called it. Yeah, and I mean, I think that what most people were saying. I was like, hey, you're making some win-now moves. You better win now because it's literally like last year was their year. They still got Brandon Sutter on their books. They still got uh, Louis Erickson. Guys like Sven Berchi, Roussel, Jay Beagle, like making tons of money. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're gonna. I mean, think they're they're still in trouble. And I think you said part of it is the ownership, part of it's the market. Where betting and ownership are always yeah. in a win now mentality. They're always in a let's make the playoffs and see what happens. Um, but and they did, and they went to the second round. The only thing is, there was no ticket sale generation of income. <laughs> the business so it's kind of like a, i don't know man it's uh, well i mean it's mind-blowing to me that they are right up against the cap and Ilias Pettersson and quinn hughes are still on their entry-level deals dude and those <laughs> guys are just they're phenoms man like these are legit superstars who are going to need big contracts huge deals. if anyone's prime for an offer sheet one of those guys ELC, I should say. Okay, so today we're going to focus on, look, and by the time this releases, we're into day one of training camp. So we're going to focus on, on training camp. And But first, let's get into a quick recap on the World Junior so far. Um, I think it's, it would be tomorrow or be today when you're hearing this as well. The semifinals, Canada versus Russia and U.S. versus Finland. Can I so, ask why the Canadians are playing so early in the day? Like, what's going on with that? Why are they time? not at prime time? What time are they playing? Well, they keep playing at like four in the afternoon. Yeah, well, I don't know. What's the deal? I don't know the answer, but maybe it's just, it, maybe that is prime time if you're factory in East Coast. I guess, but usually it's playing like, this, I don't know. I don't know. It's stupid. I keep missing half the first bits of the game because they're playing so early in the goddamn day. So how, let's get to your thoughts on how the, the Flames prospects have looked. Uh, with, it's obvious to start with Pelche and Zari, two forwards on the, the Canadian team. Yeah, I mean, I've I really liked Pelche specifically, as I think most people have, right? He's he's had you know, bit- to be honest, he's surprised me a bit. I, I seeing what we saw last year from him, I you know, I could admit he's a prospect, he might be good, but seeing what he's done this tournament, like I'm convinced this guy is definitely going to play in the NHL. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, even the fact that he can skate the way he can skate. 
Like that's a transferable NHL skill for sure. So yeah. I don't know. They got been... him on, sorry, but they got him on uh, number one PK. He's playing in a lot of big defensive zone minutes um, late in the game. He's totally reliable in his own end. Um, you always hear this, you know, focus on the defense with Sean Monaghan and, and all this with Johnny Gaudreau and top line, yada, yada. We're going to be a defensive team. This guy is a two-way player. He's probably not going to be as good as Trees Bridgeon. Why? Because those players come around once, once a millennia. Or not millennia, but yeah, he's the next Trees Bergeron. Haven't you heard? Right. So, but legit, this guy is a solid two-way player. Yeah, I've I've really liked his game, and like I said, like the thing that is kind of just like holy shit, this guy can skate. Like he can skate so fast. He's just buzzing around all the time. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've liked his work in the offensive zone, too. He's, he seems like a pretty good four-checker. Seems like he's pretty aggressive on the four-check. Had a nice um, – hit the post, but he had a nice little shot assist the other night off a turnover. Yeah. Nice pass. So, I don't know. I've been really, really impressed with uh, Jacob Pelche. Yeah, I've, I honestly think he's one of the most dangerous slot uh, threats that we have. He's got one of the best slot shots, I think, on the, on Team Canada. Totally. And I mean, and I mean, the other thing is too, like, I think he, I think he excites me in ways that some other flames prospect <laughs> excites me in ways that nobody has in a long time. But I mean, for real, like seriously, he's kind of like, he's kind of like a complete package, right? Like he's yeah. kind of, he kind of has that Matthew Kachuk esque ability and kind of pain in the ass. Um, yeah. He's talent. spicy. Eh? Yeah. Like he's got some piss and vinegar in him, but he's also got, some well, he's a Frenchman. skill and great skating. So it's kind of a, he's, he's kind of a, a different looking prospect than we've seen in the past. Yeah. I think it was Ferraro that was pointing out. Like he's the cool thing about him is he's actually gotten quite a bit of attention um, from the broadcast team. Did you see that little tidbit they did on him with kind of the off ice and him in practice, you know, hooting and hollering and whatnot. Yeah. Like he's, he sounds like just like kind of fun guy. You know, I know Trilling's all about guys that are good in the room. I think this guy will fit in, um, bring his own dimension to the dressing room. And, yeah, he he looks feisty. Yeah, he looks good. And, I mean, Zary, like, kind of what we expected, he's kind of been utilized not as much, obviously. Um, but I think he's looked, he's looked pretty – he hasn't looked out of place, for sure. Like, he's still making an impact. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a year younger, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. I feel like in the first few games, the, the head coach, the first the first game, uh, the coach only game, like, was it four minutes of playing time? Yeah, he didn't play a lot. He was, yeah. And then it was at the Holloway injury. He Due to that, he got, you know, third-line role with Peltier and Byfield there. They looked good. And then that second game, I thought they were the best line. Um, and then Holloway comes back in, so Zari goes back down. But by the end of the last game uh, against the – was it the Finns they played last? Uh, the Czechs. The Czechs. Yeah. And they freaking dominated the Finns, holy. But by the end of that Czech game, Zari was, I think, back on getting regular ice time. Like, he, he's getting better as the tournament goes on. Yeah, totally. And and I think, like you said, the biggest thing is that he does not look out of place one bit. Um, I am very curious to see how he does in these finals because – it looks to me that he's starting to gain some confidence and typically that can be a thing like the younger guy, right. Playing with the older vets, it might take you a bit until you kind of feel like you fit in on the ice that is. Um, and this might be the case. I feel like he might just be able to turn it on and make a difference here in the, hopefully the next two, two playoff games. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's playing on that second line for a bit and, I just didn't, he doesn't look out of place. The guys like Perfetti and so, and he signed his entry level contract this this week. So a pretty big week for Connor's area. I think he's going to need a new hairdo though one of these days. I'm trying to picture what he looks like without his helmet on. I, I, I can't. He's got that long, <laughs> he's got that long hair on the top, and it's kind of shaved on the sides and slicked back. He's, okay, yeah. He'll have to learn some hair tips from like Monahan and. And Matthew Kachuk, I think. How at Lindholm did it? Or Lindholm, yeah. Well, probably Markstrom even now. They got any of the Swedes. Yeah, tip backs. Like. Yeah, all of those guys. Pretty much anybody but Kudrow, So They'll come in looking like the Pirates of the Caribbean, eh? Yeah, and I just saw their, their, they released the Flames. Sorry to just uh, 
I'm going on a tangent, but they released their photos today. Yep. And Gaudreau doesn't have his haircut. <laughs> it's kind of bugging me. Monahan and Kachuk look good. No, well, kind of. He's still got that pirate look, though. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it. The other thing I just wanted to mention quickly, very important. Remember, what was with Jerome and Geo? Did Jerome and Geo's helmets fit too too tight? They always have that big helmet crease in the, their forehead and all their pictures. What is with those guys? Why don't they loosen their goddamn helmets? Well, not only that, they all have forehead creases. Like, if you're going to take face shots, <laughs> do it before <laughs> they put their helmet on. Like, seriously. Anyways. And then the last guy kind of – well, Kuznetsov um, for the Russians. I haven't watched a lot of just Russian games for sure. Um, I've been keeping my, keep an eye on it. The first few games – I don't know. He kind of was making mistakes and looked a tad bit behind the play. Um, but in the last two, three games that I've seen, he's looked actually really, really solid. The thing for me is, man, he's huge. And these Russian guys, like I just think of Kuznetsov as who's that guy that Rocky fought, the Russian guy. Oh yeah. You know who I'm talking about? I don't remember his name, but I just feel like some of these Russian guys, man, just the way that the genetics are, like he's probably going to be freaking built. And the biggest thing with those tall guys, what's he like six, five or something like he's that? Six, four. Yep. Big boy. Um, Dude, guy can skate. Like, I feel like he might be just as good a skater as TJ Brody, if not maybe even better, especially in his first few seasons. Yeah. He can move. He's a mobile guy. He's not like Keegan Kanzig back there. Yeah. So he he can move. Ivan Drago is who you're thinking of, by the way. Okay, Ivan, yeah. <laughs> so, and not only that, but I feel like um, he's got that feistiness to him too, I've noticed. Not kind of overtly so much as Pelche, but I can tell like he likes to mix it up. Yeah, he's mean. Yeah, he's got he, a mean streak. Yeah, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't hesitate to punish you in the corner for sure, so... Um, I'm I'm curious to get a good look at him tomorrow against or today, I guess, if you're listening to this today. So look out, whatever your name is. I forget your name on the defense, the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, Zadarov. Zadarov. Well, look, look out, Zadarov. They traded him to Chicago. Remember, when? Brandon Sod trade. Oh, the Avalanche have Brandon Sod. I don't know. Right, that, was, well, that was a long time ago. Zadarov, keep your head up. Or Zadorov. Everyone gives me shit because I say Zadorov. Kuzi's going to get you. But I mean, it's Kuznetsov. It's Fedorov. It's Larionov. I don't get why everyone thinks it's Zadorov. Isn't it Zadorov? I don't know. Dude, it's Zadorov. Come on. Zadorov. Okay. Dustin Wolf got a little bit of a moment in the first Russian game. Yeah. Um, then he played the next game. I forget who they played, Austria or something like that. It's just, it's kind of too bad that. The other guy is it Spencer or Spence? Yeah, it's Spencer Knight's net. It always yeah. was going to be. Yeah, but next year it will be Dustin Wolf. Yeah. So, and I don't think there's any question right now that he was definitely a solid late round um, pickup. Right? In the draft. Like, yeah. And like, he, this guy looks big. Like, did he? His, he grew. His, his biggest knock was he was too small, and he's what he's over six feet now. He grew. He's listed now on Hockey DB at six feet tall. He grew. He looks big. It's so stupid. They're just like, oh, he's too small. Like he grew an inch, and now everyone's like, ooh. <sighs> anyway, all right. Uh, all right. Do you want to touch anywhere, anything else in the world, Juniors? Maybe like the teams. Did you see the Finland come back? Well, I'm just blown away that Sweden's out. I don't know, man. Sweden, it's funny because Sweden's one of those teams, right? All Swedish, no finish. Um, but they got the, they always have the skill. It just, they just seem to lack that, you know, mental toughness or that grit. Well, I, 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 I didn't think they'd win the gold, but I just can't believe they were eliminated in the quarterfinals. Like that that's mind blowing. The dude. second half of that game, the Finns just turned it on. It was kind of knew it was a matter of time. Yeah. So that was that was insane. U.S. scares me um, the most. Yeah, the U.S. is really the only team, and I think people kind of were maybe sleeping on them heading into this, but they're really this is maybe the first year that a team has can go toe to toe with the Canadians up front in a little while. Like their four groups insane. 
Yeah. That's Zegris guy, man. I don't know if, I don't know if he's just shining right now, but I think he's the best player in the tournament. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know. I, I just wish we had higher draft picks. Uh, when you, when you look at some of these, you know, soon to be all-stars, it's kind of like, well, we, you know, we got some good players too, but we don't have like these, the other, these guys that are going to be absolute stars. Yeah. So I, I think the USA can take Canada as long as their goaltending holds up. Cause that, that, that the four group is is damn good. Yeah, the and Russians are going to be tough, man. And they're starting to click too. Yeah, because they had yeah, a bit of a rough start and finally. The Ru- yeah, the Russians will be tough. It's going to be cool to go toe to toe with Kuznetsov. Bring it, Jan. Okay, let's get into training camp. Uh, maybe some let's go through some logistics. What are your thoughts? Is it not going to be weird to have no exhibition game? I ain't kind of looking forward to it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you get to start the season sooner, but I mean, there's been there's been such a a break from hockey even before the return to play, and then another one, and it's kind of like if you ever if you ever needed yeah, one true. or two exhibition games, would it now be the time after a, after a in, like what's the layoff been for like some teams that didn't make the that didn't play in the uh, return to play? Like it's been almost a year. Yeah, right. like, I think it's something like a little over 300 days. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of weird that they're not at least doing some exhibition games for those teams who, like the six teams who um, didn't participate in that. It's a little again, weird. But then again, it is kind of cool. But, uh, I mean, I'm just I'm, ready to get back into it, man. And I'm just worried because historically, notoriously, the Flames are slow starters. So That's true. Maybe Ward can switch that. I don't know. He's... He seems like he's he's mentally ready, so hopefully he can get his players mentally ready. Um, I don't want to be waiting two weeks for us to start playing good hockey. You just don't have a long enough season to be dicking around. Well, and that's the thing that I was just going to say is the dicking around part of it, right? Like, oh, we're going to play Johnny Gaudreau with Milan Lucic on the third line for 24 games, and then your season's over. Exactly. <laughs> so hopefully there's none of that dicking around. Hopefully there's no dicking around with like we said, like, oh, Michael Stone's in the line tonight because we want to sit Shillington, right? Like, I don't want any of that dicking around. It's just that's what I'm worried about is the dicking around. And, I mean, there are a lot of new guys, so that's another concern too, a lot of a lot of turnover. But I guess, like, the Ford group is still relatively similar. Geo's been there forever. So, I don't know, more than anything, I just, like, I just remember that exhibition game before the return to play where the Flames and others played and Rasmus was getting into the James Neal. And I was like, these guys are going to be ready to go. So yeah. screw, screw the ceremony of an exhibition game. Let's just get going. The only concern is the coaching staff. Just rip the bandit off. Exactly. Okay. The other notable thing is taxi squad. Um, why don't you explain that real quick? Well, yeah, essentially what it is is you can carry some guys because the problem with the COVID rules is like the call-ups, right? Like the Flames farm team is in California somebody gets yeah. injured or somebody tests positive for COVID and you need to call somebody up and they can't play because they got to come up from California and quarantine for whatever. You have to have some guys who are available to play. So pretty much all the taxi squad is the guys who are, who are on contracts who just stick around at the team. I think it's believe uh, between four and six guys. Um, they practice with the team. They don't play games. They're just around and available. And if somebody gets hurt or if somebody tests positive for covid they can come in and play right away yeah now so, you're gonna now as a, as the coaching staff you'll have to be somewhat strategic because it's not like when you're calling guys up from the ahl and they're in play mode like these guys are going to need reps throughout the season yeah um to, to keep them kind of you know in mental game shape so it'll be interesting to see especially with historically the way brad tree living rolls with you know five extra 13 forwards. 600 extra defensemen too. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. If anybody didn't need the license to go out and sign more depth guys is Brad Shrew living. <laughs> right. You know how many guys we signed like how many PTOs last year? Three. You know how many guys we're going to sign off of PTOs this year? We're going right. to have 8 million players. So let's start with attendees. Now, as far as the, the taxi squad goes, um, is it an un- is it there's a minimum you have to carry? What is it? At least 
three or four? On your roster, you have to at least carry three goalies. Okay, all season long. And yeah. then can you carry, is there a maximum to how many you can kind of have in your depth? Well, I think it said like, what was it, five or something this year? Okay. You can carry a lot. Again, like don't tell Brad this. He'll be out signing every goddamn person who can skate. Well, he kind of is. He just signed uh, Sparks. That's Sparks. Jared Sparks. Is it Jared Sparks? <laughs> Garrett. Garrett Sparks to a PTO. Um, you already got Louis Deming. Louis Deming. And then I guess there's news on Tyler Parson too. He's looks like a season ending surgery. This yeah. guy just can't catch a break. That blows. That but, could be uh that could be uh yeah, that's a rough one. But it's kind of like again, you you know, writing on the wall. I mean, we've kind of predicting predicted, I don't know. I guess both him and the other guy, I kind of forgetting his name now. Well, Gillies went yeah, the Gillies. way that we thought he was gonna go, right? Yeah. So hopefully Parsons can bounce back, but damn, that sucks. Yeah, it'll also be interesting. I don't think when does the AHL start their season? Not till a little bit into February. Not till right? February, yeah. So I guess that's the other thing. The, the goalies won't be so much of an issue. The maybe some teams will go through it, but the chances of losing two or three guys, you know, out the gate are probably not gonna happen. But yeah, good for goalies because they're gonna be a lot of goalies getting contracts too. Cause that's the other thing is is um accounting wise, right? Like it might give some teams some cap relief because um players can move freely between the taxi squad and the NHL roster. Yeah. So the money is pretty flexible that way. All right. Well, we've been talking a lot about uh, goalies lately, man, that I just re-listened to that uh, Kevin Woodley podcast. Dude, that guy was exceptional. Guy knows his stuff. So if you haven't checked that out, everything you need to know or hear about Jacob Markstrom's on that. He also goes into Riddick a little bit on Dustin Wolf. So we won't spend too much time on goalies today. Anything else you want to touch on the goalie end? No, I don't think so. The the thing that I'm curious about, like I know Wolf is coming to camp. Um, and then you've got Zagadulin and Sparks coming to camp. I am curious to see like if somebody other than if somebody else gets on the taxi squad, other like, than Louis, like I don't think so. Like I, <clears throat> I kind of think Wolf is going to be in Stockton. Yep. Um, but I'm just curious to see, like you know, maybe Deming sucks. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Like I, I would, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to get a look at uh, Garrett Sparks. So, well, and that's the other thing we can touch on it now is all these young prospects, the young young ones are going to get an opportunity um, that they wouldn't usually get because until the the junior leagues start up again, they're all going to be playing in the AHL. So, um, and that'll be even, you know, more interesting for us as Flames fans following the the heat, Uh, maybe a little bit more closely than we usually would just to see how these guys are doing. Yeah. So I, I very much expect Louis Domingue to be there. He's Mr. Bubble Baker. What the, what the fuck was he doing in the bubble? He was baking all those pancakes or some shit. Bread, yeah. bread, pancakes. I don't know what he's doing. Like, is there a thing of having too much character in the room? Because I, I just feel like, it, you know what I mean? <laughs> you got like 12 Swedes in there. You got all, you got some French, you're out in the Frenchman now. And it's just like. You got all these guys who are known for being like characters watch, and all this shit. Watch this team just start to come out late to games because they're all just having fun in the room. And they just can't too much fun. Too when much are we going to get into that? That's what I can't wait to do is like, there's too many guys who are good in the room and they're having too much goddamn fun. It's like, we don't care about winning. We're just having so much fun in the room. <laughs> and Brad, <laughs> exactly. There you go down there. It's like, you know, just, just playing music. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. money ball at the end when they're, when they're losing, but they're still having fun and, Jeff Ward's playing the music during practice and it's all happy. They got the beach ball in the dressing room, like an happy yeah. Gilmore tossing it around. Exactly. All right. Let's go to defense. Um, there's a few talking points. I still don't, to me, the most intriguing thing to watch for at the start of camp is a, what are the line combinations going to be up front? And then what are the deep pairings going to be? I mean, we still don't know. Are you, are we, is it safe to assume that Gio and Anderson are going to start out as the first pairing? Um, I don't know. Like, or are they going to go Gio Tanov? I think the question is, is Gio Tanov or Gio Rasmus? I mean, I, I would absolutely recommend the, the, the latter being Gio and Rasmus because I do not want Chris Tanov on my top pair. Did you listen yeah. to the last podcast with Woodley talking about how bad the Vancouver defense was last year? Yeah. Chris Tanov was their second number two defenseman. 
I don't want that guy anywhere near playing top pairing minutes. Well, not only that, but as well as Hannafin did with Anderson by his side, I almost feel like maybe Tanev and Hannafin might be a better, like Tanev might be good yeah. for Hannafin and Hannafin might be good for Tanev. Well, um, yeah, Tanev might be what we were told Hamannick was, right? Which is like yeah. an actual solid stay-at-home guy. Like when Hamannick never really was that and proved to never really be that. Tanev has been a deep shutdown defenseman in the past. And so, I think I think you posted something like if Hannafin even takes a small step forward this year, which there's reason, no reason why he shouldn't, um, that could be a solid second pairing if, if Tanev regains his form a bit. Tanev regains his form. Hannafin, I think like Hannafin, it's like, I don't know, I've been saying this for a little bit. It's kind of like do or die right now. It's like, come on, man. We need to see what you're made of this year. Um, but yeah, that could be a good pairing, right? Like, like for all we bitch and moan about how bad Hannafin and Hamannick were, like they were pretty good for the first like 60 games of 2018-2019. Yeah. They only ended that season and into the playoffs where they started to get obliterated and then last year they were terrible. So, yeah, Hannafin taking a step forward. I I sure hope Tanev isn't as terrible as he was last year, but I I would start him with Hannafin for sure. I'm going to predict that Valimaki ends the season in the top 4, although I I'm, I'm thinking he'll start on the in the third pairing but i'm gonna predict he ends in the in the top four yeah that would not surprise me at all that's my here's my dream my dream is that yusuf valimaki is so good that he makes noah hannafin obsolete and we can trade noah hannafin for a top six defender and then our top six player and then somebody takes tanev seattle takes tanev in the expansion draft and then i can die happy well as long as brad tree living is no longer the gm because he's just going to go out and get more of what you just described we need to get rid of so when's he going to acquire he's probably going to acquire forward at the deadline too eh? we're gonna have to make some more love stories pretty soon eh? <laughs> so yeah. another storyline is and and i don't know let me know if you agree with this that you know oliver shillington is battling for a starting spot in the roster with connor mackey and um, Nikita Zest- yeah, Nestorov. Nestorov, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's Shillington's spot. Like, how good is Nestorov? I'm not really even really sure. Well, the he's thing played that, a lot of NHL minutes. Yeah, the thing that I can't seem to understand is like, what what is people's issue? I and mean, we've talked about this before, and I've talked about it way too much. I know, but it's just like, what is this? People's thinking that like Shillington is so bad and. It's like, like I've seen people say, like, yeah, like Francis is even saying he's like the eighth defenseman. It's like, what, what is this shit? Like, have you watched the same guy I've watched the last two years? Like, is he really that far off? No. So I didn't like that's his spot to me, like with a bullet to me. I don't yeah. even think he really has to do much to earn it. Like, I think he already has that spot. I mean, Nestorov to me is a guy when, because uh, all I can really go off is his NHL numbers because I don't watch the KHL where he's put up pretty good offensive numbers. But, I mean, he was a guy who maybe for a year played on a good Tampa Bay Lightning team and put up some decent okay numbers. Yep. But, I mean, not a good defenseman in his own zone. Like, I, I don't really get this one. And I, 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 if he's your – if he's – playing anywhere in your middle like if he's on your second pairing at any point in the year that worries me a lot like he's just not good defensively i just like i don't understand this having guys who can't play defense on your defense obsession so i don't i don't know again he's a bit of a wild card because we haven't seen him play in the nhl since 2016-17 but based on the research i've done and based on some of the stuff i've watched kind of an offense first defenseman with not okay. much not much ability in the D zone. So well, it should fit right into Ward's defensive system, man. Eh? Yeah, perfectly that defense first. But I mean he could help the power play, maybe. I don't know. But I mean to me, I have Shillington ahead of him all day long. Yeah. And then Michael Stone? No. <laughs> Uh, no, see, that's the thing I don't understand. If you look at the flames, uh, like the, the training camp roster. So the, the defense, you've got the top six, obviously in Rasmus, Gio, Hannafin, Valimaki, Tanev, um, Shillington. But then I mean, you got, you got Lurby, you got Connor Mackey, you got Alex Petrovic, you got, uh, Pullman, you got Yellison. Like, did you really need to sign stone? Like you're telling me Yellison can't be a part of the taxi squad. I know well, Brad wants to play these young guys, but I mean, Yellison's 24, like, you just said it, man. The last thing he needs is an excuse to I sign just, more D-men. I just don't get it. Like everyone's saying, oh, he's the perfect guy. It's like they've already been playing him in front of guys who should have been playing 
right? Like he's already getting minutes that other people should have been getting. If Oliver Shillington had had those minutes that Michael Stone got last year to develop and become a better NHLer, I don't think there's any doubt he would have emerged as a as a legitimate bottom pairing defenseman. Well, and if even if that you know Brad Shillington doesn't agree with it, then he must agree with he needs more opportunity this season than he got last season. So they should still be investing in the, in Oliver Shillington's progression. Yeah. His development. So anyways, I, I think Petrovic is the, is the perfect taxi squad guy. Yeah. He's 28. He's played well, over and, 200 and, NHL games. And Yellison, he played a bit, right? Last year. For yeah. Us. And that's the other thing too. Everyone's like, Oh, Connor Mackey's young and he needs to play. It's like, he's, I, I agree with that with Mackey, but I mean, he and Yellison are both older. Like Yellison's 24. How old is Mackie now? He's got to be 24 too, right? Mackie is 24. He's older than Anderson, Hannafin, Shillington, and Mel Mackie. Right? So where's this like, I understand he hasn't played in the NHL before and should develop. So yeah, I agree with Mackie. Maybe if he's not on the NHL roster, put him in the AHL. But I mean, come on, Yellison, like he's 24, right? Like how many defensemen are developing in the AHL beyond that age who are ever going to be impact guys? Get him in. The, just get him practicing with the NHL team and get him into some NHL games when you can. Would be would be my suggestion. Like he doesn't need to cook in the AHL until he's twenty eight. Yeah, and it's not. I, I made a mistake. It's not Mackey fighting for a spot with Shillington. It'd be just Nesterov. I think what people are saying it the sixth slash seventy spots are going to go to Nesterov and Shillington. Um, and I guess it just depends on camp. Like I agree. I'm starting Shillington there. Yeah, I'd have Shillington there, and then Nestrov is my seven. Um, and then I'd have Petrovic and Yeltsin as my taxi guys. So, How do you think Gio is going to look after this long break? That's another topic for people. Is he going to benefit, or is he – like? I think based it's, on, I think based it's on, a benefit. Yeah, I think so too. Based on the playoffs, the break, I don't think suit, like fared well for him so much. But – I think maybe that was a one-off. I think he probably learned from that. Um, I think Gio is going to be – he might even be better in the first half of the season than the second just based on his age. But he usually comes out strong. I think he'll be ready to go. Yeah, again, like I, I have – other than a few rough games in the playoffs, and by rough, like, I, like he was just not great. There is like literally no reason. Like maybe, maybe just based on age, he totally falls off the cliff this year. But, I mean, we haven't seen it yet. So, I mean, like, he's only got – the thing that's crazy is he's only gotten better in his 30s. Like, it seems the older he gets, the better he gets. Like, you track his progression in, in like, statistics, like wins above replacement. Like, he has consistently gotten better and stayed at an incredibly high level late into his 30s. So, I mean, unless there's some monumental, insane drop-off coming, I just think an extra bit of rest is good for Mark Giordano. So, I, I have no worries about Mark Giordano. He's like a fine wine. Like seriously, dude! Like it's unbelievable. Okay, give me your power rankings for the top six uh, defensemen currently. Obviously, power rankings—they change throughout the season. But going to the season, rank one to six on the Flames. Yes. Oh, well, one is obviously Geo. One Geo, two Rasmus, three Hannafin. I mean, I'd go Valimaki at four, five Tanev, six Shillington, seven. We'll throw in Nestrov for seven. Okay, you. I go, I go Geo one, Anderson two. I'm going to go Val Mackey three. I'm just going to go and do it. I'm going Tanev four, Hannafin five. Wow. Shillington six. So we'll see. I'm just really worried about Tanev, man. Like he's just primed for like complete and utter <laughs> fall off. Like we've already seen it happen. So, but the team's so good defensively. Defense first, you know? Facetious, everybody. Okay. We'll see. Well, let's do another ranking after um, training camp. Okay. Although we're not going to be able to see much. So maybe we have to do that after a couple of weeks in. All right. Let's move to the forwards. Obviously, the biggest storyline going into camp is what the hell are the line combos going to be? Because there's so many different options. And you have all these different guys that can play in all these different positions and all these different centermen that are available and you brought in these new guys and this and this and this and how much do you want to bet jeff ford starts off with exact same line combinations as last season dude you know it's going to be the same well don't you <laughs> i don't know man like 
I don't see it, how. It, when Jeff Ward, what did he say today? He said, didn't he say that they feel they're so strong at center ice? I don't know. They're not, that's their biggest weakness. And it's, look, this is this is reporters telling us this that Jeff Ward is saying he wants to give Lindholm, you know, a good look at center this year. When do you do that? Like, like do you do you start out like that? I think if you're going to tinker, don't you do it right away in training camp? That's why I guess no one's released anything yet. But to me, that's going to be the most intriguing thing that I look for tomorrow or today. If you're listening to this, what the heck are the Lions? And is Matthew Kachuk playing with Johnny Gaudreau yet? That's my biggest question. Well, on the Lindholm thing first, like the thing I don't get is like, oh, can he play center? Of course he can play center. What do you mean? I don't understand why they think, oh, can Elias Lindholm play center? Yes, he played center in Carolina. He's an NHL hockey player. He can play center, right? So I hate that like, oh, can Elias Lindholm play center? Fucking of course he can. Of course he can play center. So like if you're going to have him play center, A, outline why he's playing center. B, just fucking play him at center. I'm sick of this. Can he not? Can he? Can he? If you want him to play center for a strategic region, fucking put him at center. Well, I'm sick of this like, weird, like, can he play center? Or should we play him at center? I don't know. You're the head coach. If you think Lindholm is better at center and your team's going to be better with Lindholm at center, put him there. And it's like the players had to teach the coach last year. Right? Backlund had to be like, hey, dipshit, I've played center my whole life. I've been one of this team's best centers for the past eight years. Get me like, off the wing. Like honestly, if you're wondering, you talk to the you talk to Lindholm. Be like, you know what? I'm I'm if I'm Jeff Ward, I go to Lindholm and say, look, I'm really curious to see what the line of this looks like with you at center. What do you think? Do you think you'd be better off on the wing on this line, or do you think you'd be better off at center? Yada yada yada. Because the other feedback we got from these players last year was, um, putting me at center for nine minutes in a game and then putting me right back to the wing the next night and then trying again three weeks later for six minutes in a game. It's like, it doesn't work like that. You either do it or you don't. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's the Sam Bennett argument. It's like, well, just fucking put him at center and forget about it. Like, what is this experimental? We got to experiment for five minutes here, five minutes. Like, what is this? If you want a guy to play center, put him at center and move on. So like I personally, I would have Lindholm at center if you're splitting up Gaudreau and Monaghan. That would be my if. If yeah. you're splitting up those two guys, put Lindholm at center, put him on, put him between either Kachuk and Mangiapane or put him with Gaudreau and Kachuk or something. Because, I mean, unless you're splitting those two guys up, do you really need, like, do you really need another, like, I don't, I don't understand, right? Like, what's the reasoning behind it is, would be my question. Like, I, I, I don't understand this. Like, oh, we just need to switch guys to center. It's like, well, why? Tell me why first and have a strategy as to why. Like, if you want a strong top play driving line with Lindholm, Kachuk, and Mangiapane, then you put them at center. If you don't want that, then don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> I don't get this. And at what point does too many options become a bad thing? Like, at what point does having 13 players in your you know, bottom six rotating in another lineup that can play NHL minutes become a bad thing. Right. Like, like there's, they're, there's they're so acting much like emphasis. they're yeah. acting like the lineup is like an out is like your clothes and it's like an outfit or selection or some shit. Well, there's so much like, I don't know the, the, the kind of take you hear from on the radio or wherever else is like guys are getting giddy over the potential combinations. And it's just like, at what point do you just put Johnny, and you could chuck together and then build the rest of your lineup based on that. Exactly. Like everyone's trying, like they're thinking about this on like a way different plane. They're overcomplicating this shit. It's like, Oh, what if you tried Dylan Dubé at center and put Lindholm? It's like, what the fuck? It's like Gaudreau and Chuck, your two best players, build your lineup around those two guys. End of story. Like how many, you know, teams in the league, build a top line that's just deadly with their two best players. And then I guess, you know, a lot of, there's, I guess there's different strategies. People like to spread out the depth, right? But that's more so if you got, you know, guys playing the same position, I guess they are the same position, but. Well, again, I like don't know. We you said did, this a hundred fucking times. We saw absolute perfect blueprints for how this team can win. And they won the Western conference, but I guess we'll just throw that out the goddamn window. Yeah. As far as team systems, but. <laughs> and lineup, like. 
Yeah. Don't fucking get it, dude. It's like Lindholm and Goudreau. Like, do you remember that year that's like everyone's like, oh, they're the best line in hockey up there with the McKinnon line. And then it's just like, ah, fuck that. Let's just. How many ways can we slice and dice this line apart now? Who else can we switch? Okay. So we just won the West. How can we completely blow this shit up? Oh, I know. Why don't we try Goudreau with uh, Lucic and Derek Ryan? That'll work. It's like, just fuck. All right, Anyways, so- I, I fully expect, honestly, I do, I, I don't really, ex- I, to be honest, I don't expect them to put Lindholm in center unless they break Monaghan and Goudreau up, which I don't know if I expect that either. So the, the, the switch to center that I see, I think Sam Bennett will remain at center and that might be it. Okay. But I, I, don't even, I don't even think we can, we can actually make a prediction yet to see what the, the beginning of training camps going to yeah, look like. Exactly. Just because there's, there's, there's too, too many, many, yeah, too many players, two teams. We won't know until, I don't know. Will we even know for game one? Like this is why this is why we both say watch game one will be the same lines as you saw at the end of last season. Yeah, like which I wouldn't one mind. Or, one or two interchangeable pieces on the bottom six based on the new guys, but yeah. So ch- chances are we're gonna see the exact same shit. Yeah. And I mean I I'm just looking at the lineup right now. It's kind of it's gonna be fun to see Pelche and Zeri Camp. To be honest, really, probably the only reason they. I, I'm kind of curious though. They like. Do you think they could be on the taxi squad? Uh, just because they're in Canada, they might be on the taxi squad just because they're in Canada. You know, like maybe they could be. Well, until there's a league for them to play in, like what other? Why wouldn't they be? Yeah, you can. How? Like I'm surprised. not sure. Can you change your taxi squad around every week or so? Or like, how does that work? You guys can come in and out. Like, where's everybody gonna play? If not in the NHL until all these other leagues start up again. Well, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be just probably based on the on the COVID shit because players players can move freely from the taxi squad to the roster, but call ups need to be made. Um, and more importantly, in accordance with COVID shit. And more importantly, is Yusuf Valley Mackey gonna wear his golden helmet to start out training camp? Dude, why did the NHL should do that? That's fucking that's sweet. That's so cool. I think it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Okay, so um, now also notably rumors out there today. I think it was Friedman saying that it sounds like Bradshaw Living has one more PTO to announce a forward probably tomorrow. The rumor is it's Brett Ritchie, uh, quote unquote, hulking forward. I mean, he put up decent numbers in Dallas his, his what was it, rookie year. Yeah, it's 30, 16 goals. It's 16 oh, no, goals at one point, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he had yeah. a decent year. Sounds like a Brad Sheet living guy. Big, useless. Can't do anything. <laughs> I just Probably. don't get it. It's like, why did you sign Ronaldo? Like, I don't understand this loading up on things that you don't need. Like, you literally have Ronaldo and Lucic and Nordstrom. Do you really need another guy who is, like, there because of physicality reasons? Right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't really care, but sure. So, I mean, we've look, we've talked a lot about it. The other guy I'm curious that's kind of come up is um, Emilio Pedersen. We haven't talked about him very much. Uh, round six, 2018 draft pick. It sounds like he'll be at camp playing in the University of Denver now. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you have any tabs on this guy? Well, he's a good player, man. Um, like, I mean, he's kind of one of the guys who's maybe kind of started to emerge as a, I, I think he's probably a top 10 flames prospect on paper, at least. And must be. Yeah. So, I mean, I, he, when was he drafted? 2016. Is that right? 2018, 2018. So yeah, he's, he's playing. He's 20. Yeah. I'm super curious. It, it'll be interesting to see if any of these younger guys do make it to the taxi squad. I, I imagine, I imagine any of the younger guys who make it, won't be on the taxi squad that they'd rather have them on the main roster playing games. Cause I mean, you either want them in the a playing or with the flames playing. Yeah. But until the, like when so until the things camp? gets, yeah. Until the a gets going. Yeah. Then you might as well be practicing with the team, right? So or is that just too many guys to practice? I don't even know. We'll see. Um, I mean, the guy I'm really obviously interested. Everyone knows I'm a huge Matthew Phillips fan. Yeah. I would love, but I, I like, there's no, very little chance he's going to make the team, but I would love to see him make the team out of camp. That'd be sweet. But 
I don't know. He's kind of one of the other young guys I've got my eye on. Yeah, let me see how much he's progressed. Well, with Brett Ritchie coming in, I don't know if there's room for Phillips. Yeah, I probably need another big, slow. You know, let's just let's just never play these young guys. You know. Yeah, I, I got a, I got a new strategy. We'll draft well, draft well, and then never use them. But then we'll PTO even better. And then never use any young guys. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. It's like you you literally signed Ronaldo for this purpose. No. Whatever. If he wants. Uh, well, and how many games, how many more games could you have given Godden or even Phillips last season? Right. If you didn't have Ronaldo coming in out of the lineup. I mean, he the game, look, the game that I went to, he played with Froelich and, and he was money. Like, I think he had a goal and assist and like, two giant hits. But um, so not to say that he can't be effective, but I, I think I agree with you, man. Like. Is it not more important and more effective for you to develop these younger guys, um, get them into the – like you, you look at these teams like Colorado, um, Anaheim's full of young guys now, and it's just like, dude, in three years from now, by the way, side note, how good is Byram? Dude. I think he's the best team – the best player we got on our team, you know, closely followed by Cousins, but – can you Colorado. imagine that Colorado, Colorado defense? Gonna, dude, how good is Colorado going to be in the next? Like, They're just going to keep getting better. Dude, their defense this year is mind-blowing. Devon Taves, Kale, here's your top four for the next for, for the foreseeable future. Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, Bowen Byram, Eric Johnson, oh. Ryan Graves. Like, what the shit? That's the best defense in the league. With not even Without Byram, it's the best defense in the league. Like, that's insane. Maybe Nashville has has a better top pairing or a better top three, but geez, geez, Louise, it's not even fair. So, anyways, I look at these teams where they just got all these young guys, and it's because they've committed to them. Like Joe Sackick is not out there, you know, stockpiling 12, 13th forwards and eight seventh defensemen to start every single season. He's like, we're going to live and die by these young guys because that's the future. Right. Like, and I kind of, I kind of don't buy this, this, oh, they're not playing. Like I do buy it for the young guys, for the young, young guys, they need to be playing. But for the guys that have been around a little bit, like you've got Buddy Robinson too, right? Like what the fuck do you need Brett Ritchie, Zach Ronaldo and Buddy Robinson for? You don't. So I'm sick of this. Like, oh, those guys need to play. It's like, well, at some point they need to play in the NHL. Yeah. They're not going to play in your fourth line because Milan fucking Lucic is there making five and a quarter. Like, and, and PTO, Zach Ronaldo, and Brett Ritchie are now You got to play at some point. They, like, they can't just play in the AHL for God of – like, who, like, we go, like this kind of bugs me. I'm getting sick of that. Like, oh, you'd rather have old guys in than uh, have them playing. Like, I don't well, know if this is a, like- on a taxi squad year for a guy like – a guy who's a bit older, like Yellison, is like, I think that'd be probably more valuable for him to be with the NHL team all the time. It's a shortened season. Like, is he going to really miss out on that much development as a 24-year-old in the AHL for half a season than he would be, like, spending time on a taxi squad, maybe getting the odd game in the NHL, practicing with the NHL team every day? Fuck no. Well, I think our point is, is like, sure, you can see both sides of the equation, but... In the long run, like you said, when are these guys going to play? Yeah, so I just want to start seeing them more in the lineup. Like, again, you have guys who are already, like, it's just, it mostly it comes back to a philosophical thing. Like, your fourth line would be just as effective probably with Glenn, with league minimum guys, Glenn Godden, Matt Phillips, and, like, who else? Like, maybe Buddy Robinson or Pedersen or even, like, Byron Fraze, like a journeyman guy like that. Right, like then having well, it be one of the most expensive fourth lines in the goddamn league, just because they're big and can play a game that is evolved past its time from two years ago. So it kind of even goes deep for for like, me and we, for you philosophically. But well, we have for Stegon and like you know, we talked about it because he grew up in Lethbridge and you know it was all about being scrappy. He had to have that as part of your game and you don't have to have that anymore. You said there's, there's really no intimidation to get today's game. Relatively speaking, it's all skill-based and you know, it's hard not to, it's, it's hard to argue with that fact. So the fact that, you know, Brad is choosing to bring in these guys that can scare other teams when really are our teams even scared anymore. They're just like, yo, 
look at the score clock or yeah it's like we're winning like la we have a hard time playing in la why because <laughs> we're, we're trying to push them around and yeah. we're getting beat you know on this in the skill to la well the the kind of the move that kind of like sums it up to me that is like this is so fucking dumb is like you'd let garnet hathaway go right who is an effective player who is hard to play against because he's good and he has skill and he has skill you let him go because he was too expensive on like an incredibly friendly deal like what does he make less than two million right now for washington and then immediately say oh we need more toughness and you <laughs> go acquire the worst contract in the nhl so it's just that bo- i i always would prefer the bottom six like i think your fourth line in today's nhl should mostly be young prospect guys who are effective and have tons of energy and trying to prove themselves. Like I know Brad always talks about competition. It's like, well, then give these kids some a chance here, right? Like Buddy Robinson comes up, plays great, scores a goal, and gets sent down because oh well, Jankowski's in, and Ronaldo's here. Like it's just like well, because we have we have eight thirteenth forwards and they all need a oh, chance. Oh, Tobias Reader, right? Exactly. So it's like. Even when they do get a chance and they show up and perform, there's just so many fucking guys here that they just end up being sent down anyways. So, anyways, I don't get it. Anyways, anything else you want to touch on? I, I feel like we've already talked about all the multiple multiples multitudes of um, forward combos and what we think we should do. It's just going to be a matter now to see how it plays out. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Like nothing. The the one other thing that kind of stuck out to me today from what Tree Living was saying is that there isn't going to be an addition to the coaching staff. Yeah. No, think, there's no coaching changes uh, whatsoever. I definitely want to get your reaction to that. I don't like that. Like, I well, mean, I, it doesn't shock me knowing that he did. He decided to stick with Jeff Ward. I just think like Jeff, like again, like we were saying this. Fuck man, I wish one thing. <laughs> we would want to happen this year would happen, but it's just like, I, I really do think Jeff needs another guy there, right? Like who could come in and be more experienced and be able to handle more of the tactical things. Is Jelena still on the bench? Well, he wasn't in the bubble or unless I'm totally forgetting. Um, but I'm sure he'll be on the bench this year. Right. Um, like Ray Edwards, like that, that was, that was the guy who I really thought and truly was like, Oh, he's got familiarity with the guys in Stockton. Nobody's going to even be from Stockton in the fucking team this year. <laughs> Apparently right. like you're going to populate your fourth line. Like we were just talking about. So, I mean, I think that saying, Oh yeah, he's familiar with the guys in Stockton is kind of just like a cop out answer for like, well, we were lazy or we couldn't find anybody else to replace him. So I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at Ray Edwards. Like I'm sure he's a fine man, but I mean, he's kind of like a he should have been like an interim guy right i don't know i would have liked to have seen somebody else in there to come in and solidify that head that coaching group so yeah well i mean i think what we've we've come to the conclusion is this like the only way to approach this without going crazy is just let's see what jeff ward can do give him a season let's see what he can do let him try and execute this defensive style of game that we're hearing so much about that is going to help you score more goals. Um, I don't know. I'm just at a point now where I just have to let it go because we have zero control over it. And so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm back at the place of like, okay, I'm going to give him a shot. Let's see what you can do. I, yeah, no, I'm still there too, but um, I'm, I'm still, I'm still like, I I'm like doubting, not Judas, I'm doubting Thomas here, right? Like, I'll see it when I, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have another update as, as time goes on here with, with training camp and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I'm most curious to see what happens in the forward side of things. I just really, even just for, you know, to change things up, to build some different sort of excitement going into the season, like, let's see something new. Teams need something new so bad. Need, need need something new and if you haven't read ken article ken article ken wilson's article on splitting up Gaudreau and monahan maybe oh, that's that the answer that was excellent go read that article he's got it on his blog but i mean this team needs a new look so bad
Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, like, well, maybe we should wear Montreal jerseys. And the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music.